Hi everyone, this is Heijin from Leiden University College. In this episode, we will talk about diversity in financial backgrounds in the LUC community. We have Arisha here. Hi Arisha, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, so I'm Arisha, I'm from Pakistan, and I went to LUC for a year, and unfortunately then I had to leave because of financial reasons. Um, yeah, so it's quite a, I think it's a long story. <laughs> when I did get accepted, um, I just, okay, let's start out with how much international students do have to pay in the first place. I think it's around like four times what Europeans have to pay, if I'm not wrong. They I pay around 4,000 and, and international I think, has to pay 12,000, so three-folds, I think. I think it's 12,000 and yeah, yeah, something around that. So threefold. Yeah. Um, so I, okay. So firstly, there's that. And then uh, at first the aid that I was offered was 3,500 euros, which amounted to nothing. And I was like, damn, I can't go. <laughs> and a month or two later, I was told, oh, they have extra funds. And I got 5,000 euros extra. And I was like, wow, I feel like this can actually be something I can do. Um, the visa process was quite, quite, quite stressful because at one, we have to show our entire, that we can pay our entire tuition altogether. We have to show that we have 900 euros per month and we have to show it all at once, which is kind of stupid because what if you're earning monthly, right? But I guess that's Dutch law. Uh, there's not much you can do about it. And eventually I did get to go. Although they had told me that it's, um, that the extra aid is kind of a one-time thing and it might not be um, renewed the next year. But yeah, um, I, and I was like, okay, maybe we can deal with that later. Um, you know, even if it does reduce, we'll see how much it does and all of that. And uh, so by the time, so when I did come to LUC, uh, the exchange rate from from a euro to a Pakistani rupee was about 135 rupees, I think. And by the time, so I joined, I came there in August and I think by January or even February, the, the rate had gone up to 180, which was quite a huge difference because we had, a, our economy was doing really badly. <laughs> and every day on the phone, I'd be on, on, on the call with my mom and she'd be like, ah, it's going up, it's going up. And um, I mean, there would be times where I'd have to ask my friends for money because I wouldn't have money for groceries, <laughs> which was kind of um, stressful. And then when I would get money, I'd, I'd pay it back to my friends. So I'd be stuck in a cycle of just not having money. <laughs> um, and I mean, it's also just, so much harder for international students to get jobs like even if you do get a job you first need to get dutch health insurance which is like super expensive it's like 100 euros per month and it's like what am i even earning for <laughs> but even other than that also just getting around dutch bureaucracy it's, it's so stressful for someone who's so new to the environment and just finding a job in the first place for a non-dutch person one a non-dutch person and secondly a non-european person is really hard and without having contacts it's kind of difficult to get like tutoring or babysitting jobs or i mean dog walking jobs that i mean students could do so yeah that was kind of stressful for me um i i also like i said in my second 
semester i was like kind of going through a really like a phase where i just didn't know what i would be doing the next year it was a constant battle for me uh, also just not having money kind of really aggravated that <laughs> um yeah um where was i so yeah i mean and then i i also didn't know if i would get renewed in the first place because uh, you'd have to have a 3.0 gpa in order to um do that my gpa wasn't doing so well because i'd failed one course uh, and but in the end it did get renewed but it was uh, like i said it was a little bit less than what they had promised but and i mean in normal times i could have dealt with that but given the situation my country was going through and the rate that had just gone from like 135 to 180 it was a huge difference like for for like it might just be a thousand euros but like that amount had kind of like multiplied by i wouldn't say double but like quite a significant amount when you when you change that uh, and given the fact that the economy was crippling so my 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 family's financial situation was doing that well like it wasn't that great either so i mean it was kind of like um a really like put me in a really guilty spot where i was like okay my family which has like like two of my siblings my parents they're surviving on like they they have half of what just me as a single like one person is getting for my education like also my rent and everything so yeah uh, i came back in i came back for the summer and that's one like because my financial thing wasn't really finalized cuz i had come back and when i did come back it was like i couldn't go back again because i knew there was no point when i just couldn't afford it all of my stuff is still there <laughs> in the hague uh yeah it's it's packed in a box in someone's house but yeah so that happened <laughs> Your story was familiar. I failed my first course in LUC, so throughout the year, I was so stressed about my scholarship. To continue the package that I was initially offered from the college, I had to have a GPA of 3.0 or higher. As a person with two other siblings, I did not want to be a burden on my father and family, so I remember working really hard. I got um, 3.01 by the end of my first year, and I told Arisha my story. with me oh, sorry uh they they did consider like my gpa was 2.8 and they did consider they were like oh you showed improvements from your first semester so we'll accept it but you know throughout the time where they didn't accept it it was still like a huge stress mm-hmm. <laughs> and just that uncertainty mm-hmm. yeah sorry also they yeah. actually no 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 it's fine so they actually even if your gpa was not 3.0 they still renewed it that's a good Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Because I showed improvement from my first semester, which was good oh. for them. Like, yeah. Interesting. All right. Um and can I so for me, I'm I'm also going to edit this in. Um So for me, my first year financial aid was about half of the dorm, half of the dorm and the institutional um fee. And for the second okay. year it was I think it was the same thing but for my first year I also got extra financial um assistance as for the Holland scholarship um Oh okay. Yeah and for my third year 
I got half of my um, tuition fee waivered. Um, okay. Can you tell me what you got as in so that I, we can talk about like what others, I don't know how others are receiving their financial aid package. Um, I don't exactly remember how it was um, divided into like, it, it was a total of 8,500. I think it was mostly, it was just my, it was just my tuition fee that was waived, but like it wasn't my dorm fee. It was like, mo it was all from the tuition. I don't know what part of it, like there's some institution fee and there's a separate standard fee, right? Yeah, so I think just the total was 8,500. And then in my next semester, they offered me 5,800. And yeah. So they offer you like half of your tuition fee. And the uh, institutional fee, I think, because that, that should be around 8,000. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm not sure how others are um, receiving their aid. So, are there any people who struggle with their financial circumstances? I mean, most of the people weren't, <laughs> because uh, I mean, there would be times when everyone's like going out, like ice skating and having like dinners, and I'd be like, "Sorry, guys, I just I can't. Like, I just cannot." <laughs> uh, but. I mean, there were a few people who were as well. I wouldn't want to name them, of course, but um, I mean, yeah, I mean, but like they were obviously in a minority and I don't know how, uh, how much the school kind of assists you with that. Like, I think just one of like, like a problem I saw at LUC was a lack of admin presence. Like you just never knew who to go to. Like there's, there's just, I mean, I arrived from Pakistan to the Netherlands and I mean, I was already in my dorm. Like also I missed intro week, right? Um, I was in my room and like throughout the entire year, I felt like there was not one person at the admin I would go to and they'd actually know that I study at this institution, which is like kind of weird for me. <laughs> uh, also like, yeah, um, it just, just like, so even when I wasn't, um, so in my second year, we uh, got an email about, oh, whether you want to renew your financial aid and stuff. And I went to the financial advisor or whoever that was, and she's like, oh, you know, but you were told about this. And I was like, yes, I was told about this, but I wasn't told that my, you know, like all of these situations would come up. <laughs> And he was like, oh, you know, you can look for other options. And I was like, what other options? The Dutch government isn't going to give me a loan like it does with like all these European kids. <laughs> um, no, no one in my country is going to give me a loan because like I'm just like, what do you, you know, it's not having finances is not an option. <laughs> the way like privileged people treat it like, oh, I mean, just change your race and you're experiencing racism. <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not sure if I, I asked my friend if I can quote this, but she hasn't given me her consent yet, so you can edit this out, um, if not, but like, she wanted, she wanted to change one of her courses because she had a job in those hours, <laughs> and they were like, no, you didn't, you, you can't, <laughs> and she was like, but I need to pay for my tuition with this, and they were like, nah, <laughs> so I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I still stand by what I said. Not a lot of people kind kind of knew what I'm. Uh, my, you know, like my struggles. I felt like I could no, not no one could really relate to them. But I mean, there was this one time where I, 
I, I dropped my OV chip card uh, at a grocery store. I had groceries in my hands and the tram was there and I was like, shit. And I just got in. I was like, man, these people never check. It was like the first time I ever did that. And that was the one time the people came and like checked. And I, and I lost 40 euros, 42 euros. And it honestly, like, it put me, I started crying, like, I, it was, it was so bad. <laughs> and, um, I mean, I hear about all these, all these, uh, my white friends telling me, oh, you know, you just, like, pretend, like, you're new here and they'll let you go, or, like, just because, I mean, they probably thought I was cheating the system, where, whereas I literally, it was cold. I'd walked so much. I had like grocery bags and the tram was right there. I'd have to wait like 20 more minutes in the cold. I just, I didn't do it. <laughs> and I mean, I told my friends and they were like, I mean, yeah, but you know, it's just 40 hours. And I was like, that was my entire week. Like that was what I needed to survive on for the entire week. It wasn't just 40 hours for me, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. How much was your weekly budget? Uh, it's hard to remember because it's been a year. But, uh, like I'm just con converting it. Um, what's like the average monthly thing for like an average student? I'm just like trying to... Um, the Leiden University website officially states that student in the Hague spends around 800 euro a month that that's mine wasn't even close like but th th does that include rent yeah it includes rent it includes rent um i'd say mine was like 300 no i said two can i just use my calculator for a of second course, of course <laughs> of course do whatever you want okay uh <laughs> Thing is, I never got my money all together because we could never afford like sending such a huge amount all together. And I'd, I, I just get my next amount whenever my money was finishing. <laughs> so I did end up finding like a babysitting job, but that was in my second semester and like towards the end. So that helped me out a, like a little bit, like really little. Um, okay, so 250 into 170. Wow. Uh, I'd say around like, 250 euros a month other than my rent uh it's also why i opted for a double room because it costs less and um like even if you get rent benefit in a single room like i just could not pay 500 euros altogether like i just did not have it <laughs> so i mean you know people would tell me oh it's the same thing and i'd be like it's not you don't understand <laughs> i don't have the money <laughs> oh but yeah Arisha was not entirely sure about her weekly budget, but even if her budget was more than 250 by like 50 euros, it is still not a lot for a month. I hope this conversation gave you some ideas on how some students with a certain financial background experience the LEC community. I asked Arisha her thoughts on the community, and I would like to emphasize that this is her own opinion. This episode is not meant to represent any group in this community. However, it may provide some insights into how some international students feel about this community. Um, 
Yeah, uh, like I said, like admin presence and like just helping to um, ease into the university. <laughs> like everything is um, like there's intro week and then it's like nothing. Like I don't, you know, you see your professors for like two months and it's then you have new professors and you don't even have like a strong connection with your professors, which is really weird. Like, you know, like in high school or like whatever, you kind of see your teachers for a year and you're like really close to them. <laughs> and like, I can assure you, it's not a thing in all universities. Like, you know, people like, or maybe it's just because I was in my first year and I, maybe people have like the kind of relationship when they have like the same professors for over time. But I feel like it's only a couple of people who have that relationship with their professors because like, you know, the ones who are more active in Fortuna or like tutoring or I don't know student government is that what it's called there yeah <laughs> whatever student council whatever that is <laughs> I think it's just those people who really know or like people who like with their capstone advisors and stuff but um like in my like in my university it isn't like that like you know there's a stronger connection um there's like a huge admin presence um there's also, like, uh, the mental health support thingy, like, I, it was kind of inaccessible, like, um, the, when I was struggling, like, I was constantly, like, you know, I should go see someone, but then, one, like, it's, you're not really told that much about it, so when it's, like, when you're depressed, it's hard to go out and seek so much support when it's not, like, you know, um, widely available, or you're not informed enough about it, because, like, it just kind of takes, effort to even get out of bed at some point <laughs> so you you're not like really yeah um I did go to like this one session or something um and there I found out like the the mental health counselor I don't know what they're some kind of counselors that that they had was like this um really he's really cute and like grandpa-ish but he was still like old and he was white and I mean sure you can be understanding but you won't really be able to like, I mean, I can't open up to like a grandpa about my problems, you know, like it just won't happen. It's, especially the fact that they don't have like non-white um, counselors, like, and it's, I'm not saying that just because you're not white, you might, you, you, you can't be a good psychologist, but I think you kind of need that kind of, um, like I said, with my financial situation, like someone who wasn't financially unable is not going to be able to understand what I am talking about when I say I don't have money the same way like you know like a lot of my problems were so different from what a white person would be going through like like you know <laughs> like family plays such a strong part in brown households and like a lot of my family like just moving away from your home of uh, like just a lot of things just white people just can't understand like you know my some of my friends would be like oh you talk to your mother every day <laughs> I talk to mine like once a month and I'd be like that is not a possibility for me like you don't like you know if someone has that kind of mindset and then they're like oh you should just do xyz it's like you don't you're we're not on the same level here so I think that kind of thing um especially for students who can't go home every uh I don't know what are those called blog like the breaks you get in the middle like spring break and autumn break like you know people who can't go home in those breaks like they're away from their home most of the year and I think they need a lot more like 
I'm not saying everyone who does move away is depressed, but like you know, it's kind of like they don't they they, they do sometimes need like some more extra help, and I think it would um. Yeah, I think I think that's another issue that LUC has. After this point, we talked about the lack of post-colonialist perspectives in the LEC curriculum. I will soon release another episode on this. For now, I captured what is relevant to this episode. I think I've been over this a little bit, but I mean, just the fact that you have mainly upper middle class people like that that in itself is not diverse at all like you might have people from different skin colors but that doesn't really like you need to have all kinds of diversity right when you're talking about that and i mean just the fact that like we live in such a globalized world and just having upper middle class views doesn't really represent like you're ensuring <laughs> it's like just say you want rich people who are not going to challenge your neoliberal capitalist views and go right like uh, uh you 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 don't want anyone too radical just you know it's kind of apparent when <laughs> people are being radical and it's seen as like i don't know um chat, like it's seen as a threat to civil discourse like yes when you're radical it needs to challenge civil discourse because something that something I mean, it's never like when you're in a position of power and someone else isn't, it's never going to be like, I mean, people have been asking to stop Swarty so feet for centuries. No one's listened. I mean, I wouldn't say centuries. I don't know how long that's been going on for. But like, if you just say it nicely, no one's going to listen unless you like actively enforce rules that kind of bans it, right? <laughs> so you can't just have, like, sometimes you need to like get over this, like, Oh, civil discourse is more important than um, actual like things being said because you're upholding like oppressive views. Um, sorry, what was your initial question? <laughs> oh, how does financial uh, aid come into this? It's because yeah, uh, you're not you're like a hundred percent scholarships aren't a thing, and that includes rent, that includes everything. People people just cannot afford it. Um, so. Yeah, I think class diversity is definitely something that it needs to be worked upon. Also, just the fact that, like, even if it's not 100%, just if it was more accessible, more people from, like, developing countries could... I know that's not a very appropriate term, but, I mean, I guess since I am from one, I can use it, maybe. Um, but, yeah, it would be more accessible to people um, from developing countries, and I think that is another way it can be more diverse maybe LUC deserves credit for because like a lot of universities don't even do that much right like if you compare it to like universities in the US Canada England uh, UK it's like yeah the Dutch uh, tuition fee is much less like it's like I mean the US is just crazy with it, it, it with its like uh, tuition so I mean I give them that like yeah sure the Netherlands is like relatively cheaper um but given the fact that LUC like advertises so much on its diversity, right? Like if it's like a lot of people come here for the diverse background for, and they have like a whole major dedicated to it. I think, I think just cause they're doing the bare minimum, they shouldn't be rid of critique either, you know, like they can strive, keep striving to do better. And I think that's valid. Like, yeah, I mean, except that it's, 
doing something, but it needs to do more. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah. Um, I feel like they put heavy, heavy emphasis on the diversity of the student body. Why, like, the the community demands so much of it, right? Like, since you're promising us such high standards, we're holding you up to the standards that you have promised us. We didn't create these standards ourselves, you know? <laughs> hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. This podcast aims to provide more information for those people who are outside of the LEC community. I'm sure that LEC students have lots to say about this. Please send me messages or comment below and let's discuss more about this.